This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast with Andrew Jobling, author, speaker, educator, entrepreneur, and AFL player. Join Andrew as he continues his lifelong journey as a student of human behavior. This podcast will help you live your passion, explore your potential, step into your power, and embrace your possibilities. Embrace your possibilities. possibilities. Hello, Andrew Jobling, the Wellness Puzzle Podcast, and it's wonderful to be here for another week. I have just had a great conversation with Chris Walker, who is living happily on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. He has got a company called Travel Fit Global. He's a personal trainer, and now he travels the world doing health and well-being retreats with people. He does corporate stuff. He's a podcaster and a speaker and doing amazing, amazing stuff. In fact, his mission in life is to help people move from surviving to thriving. And he's certainly had to deal with a lot of stuff in his life. And I'm not going to go into everything he had to deal with. Struggles as a child, struggles with alcoholism, struggles with mental health issues, stroke, just to name a few little bits and pieces. But he's overcome it. He's living a life of joy and purpose. He's helping many, many people. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Chris Walker. Chris, hello. How are you? Excellent. Thanks so much for having me today. You're welcome. I'm excited to have this conversation. You sitting up there in sunny Queensland. I'm down here in, well, it's actually warm today in Melbourne, which is good, but you never know. Yeah, do you have a window there? It looks like it's sunny. Yeah, it is sunny. maybe that's just the lights. No, no, it's actually, it's quite overcast, if I'm being honest, but it's a warm one, one of those humid-ish overcast days. You're on the Sunshine Coast, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm on the Sunshine Coast, forever grateful for being here and I love it up here. It's just beautiful mountains, beaches, and abundance of things to do. It Weather. sounds like I'm bragging, but like I'm you not. You are bragging. <laughs> really are bragging. But mate, you're allowed to brag. I love Melbourne. There's so much about Melbourne that I love. Mm. The only thing, well, even the weather, the thing I love about Melbourne weather is when we get a nice day, we really value it. We don't take it for granted when we get a nice day. People are out everywhere. It's like, oh my gosh, we better get out there quickly because we don't know how long it's going to last. Yeah. It's very much like London, I guess. Like when I was living in London, it was like if the sun came out, you'd see people like start sunbathing in like parks and stuff like that. Yeah, 15 degrees, but there's sun. Yeah, let's get out there freezing, but got to get a suntan, got to get a suntan. Well, it's not quite so bad here, but anyway, let's not talk about the weather. But what I love is that no matter where you live, there's great things. And I think probably the greatest thing is that's home. Mm, I often think about it that you go around and you travel and like you do a lot of travel with what you do and you look at places and you go, wonder if I could live here. But the reality is if you decide to live there, it would become your home and it would become familiar and there'd be things about it you'd love, whether it's London or Melbourne or Queensland or Bali or wherever it might be. Mm, Freedom of choice. Hey, like so many people get stuck on the perspective that they're stuck somewhere, but like it's just a decision away really. It is, isn't it? And I know we're going to talk a lot about getting unstuck today. That'll mm. be part of our conversation, which is going to be really exciting because you've been through a lot. You're young, mate. I see this fresh-faced kid in front of me. <laughs> it's the health and wellness. It's paid off over the years. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So, Chris, why don't you just give us a bit of an overview of the stuff you're doing now, the stuff that's really exciting you, getting you sort of leaping out of bed on these beautiful Queensland mornings to really launch into a day. What is the sort of stuff that's really exciting you at the moment? I've got a brand called Trail Fit. Yep. And we really focus on shifting people from surviving to thriving. And that's based on hosting retreats, community events like yoga, breath work. We have a podcast as well where we interview people. And the main thing that we do really is uh, corporate health and well being. That's our prime 
pillar of everything. Obviously, we've got like the icing on the cake, like the retreats and the community events and clothing and such. But the real purpose is really helping people who feel really stuck in life mentally and physically actually change their circumstances by taking responsibility of their mental and physical health. That's the biggest thing that drives me, as you can probably hear. I I love shifting people's perspectives on how easy it is for one and how practical it can be and that there are no real limitations in life only the limitations that we embed on ourselves really so that's the big passion and that's why i get up every day and the big things that i guess i'm working on is just continuing to educate and inspire people to actually look after their life and not be succumbed by you know their fight or flight nervous system and being so manic and irrational yeah so true isn't it and particularly this corporate space and corporate as I'm putting up quotation marks for this corporate, but it's that stereotypical, and I think it's shifting, isn't it? Corporate used to be the goal and to make it and to get the status and the money and the house and the car and all that sort of stuff, but it's leaving people very empty and it's leaving people very stressed and anxious. And as you said, living out of this fight or flight sympathetic nervous system that's really damaging their health, well-being, their moods, their relationships, their interactions with other people, pretty much everything, isn't it? Mm, When we're stressed, it just affects everything. I'm just currently writing a book. It's a book about men, but it's for men and women. And I said the cemeteries are full of men that said, she'll be right, mate. Yeah, yeah, Typical attitude of, I know, I'm okay. Yeah, I smoke too much, but I'm okay. She'll be right, mate. Or the alcohol. Yeah, I didn't eat breakfast, but it's okay. I had three coffees. I'm okay. She'll be right, mate. That Mm. typical attitude of head in the sand. It's I sort of know I'm doing the wrong things, but I'll just stick my head in the sand and hope that by some miracle I'll survive and live a long, happy, healthy life and not realizing that actually, you know what, you've got to do something. A hundred percent. And it's an interesting one though, isn't it? Because like, Men act in a certain way based on like the conditions that have influenced them early on in life and being a generational thing of every generation teaching a certain way of how you step up in the world is based on a trend. And especially for men, obviously, there is a gap. There's a gap between men and women. And the thing is, is that at the end of the day, men will and might get a little bit of hate for this, suffer more in silence because maybe we feel like we don't have the support or we can't speak or whatever it may be, which isn't true. We no, can be we open and be vulnerable. We've just got to yeah. ask for it. Absolutely. And that's probably the kryptonite when it comes to men, <laughs> is we don't think that maybe we're worthy of it or that we can accept it. And we also think as men, we should be able to work it out ourselves. We don't need hmm. to ask for help. Can I just read this to you? This is the last paragraph I just wrote in this book. I said, now men, it's time to replace the she'll be right language to something more healthy, empowering and transformational. How about this? Wow, my life, my family, and my dreams are important. I will take action to improve my situation. Step one in this process is identifying the words that you use and the thoughts you ponder and assess them in terms of the direction they may be taking you in your life. Step two, recognize that if they are taking you down a dangerous path, that you change direction immediately. There's so much at stake. Step three is to reach out for help. Men, please read that again. Reach out for help. There's nothing masculine, manly, or impressive about toughing it out alone. Strength lies in your willingness to ask for help and then act on it. Mm. That's pretty huge too because obviously like that's the biggest thing. And there's more power in having a group or a tribe or people around you that can support you in those times. And I think the biggest issue is people just don't have the right tribe around them a lot of the times. 100%. Well, I know you're a young, fresh-faced kid. Well, I'm a little bit older and crustier. And my generation in the 80s, when I was certainly playing professional sport, was 
don't show pain, tough it out, don't complain, jog it out. That mm. was the joke. Jog it out. I've got a broken leg. That's okay. Jog it out. My head's been decapitated. That's right. Jog it out kind of thing. Like, don't ever complain. Just be tough. Just be stoic. Wow, that was a dangerous message. Mm. There's the fine line of not being a victim, obviously. I think that's a big one. But also the ability that, like, you know, you talk about stoicism or being a man. And it's like, if you don't identify a man, like a man is someone who has the acceptance of all emotions. Yeah. But doesn't hide away from it, but manages it and understands it and expresses yeah. it when they do need to, but then they don't become a victim to it. And that's yeah. the difference in society today is a lot of men are actually going from, you know, not sharing everything to sharing so much that they become a victim to their own emotions. And there's a fine line in between that defines someone who understands themselves enough to speak freely yeah. and strongly. Wow, mate, that's pretty powerful. So here's a question for you. I know you deal with men and women, but if you're dealing with men, how do you help men live in that healthy place of being open enough to share what they're feeling and be able to regulate their emotions and openly communicate, be vulnerable, but not so far down the path that they spiral into victim mode? Well, it's about understanding first what your values and beliefs are, that you can't show up as a certain person in life if you don't actually know what you value in your own life or what yep. you believe is important to you. Yep. Because that's your roadmap to the blueprint of your life, your values and beliefs. And we've heard it a hundred million times, but how many people actually understand what values and beliefs are? So many people get it constrained between like a value and a belief and they're two different things. Mm. The biggest thing with understanding your values and beliefs allows a person to be like one, all right, great. I know who I am and I know what I value and I know what I feel is okay. And I'm going to show up as that person. So that allows them to understand themselves and how they function in the world. So understanding that, but two, understanding what cognitive distortions are they creating? So what's real and what isn't real is the biggest thing. So once you start to understand the cognitive distortions, the mental roadblocks that we create, then we can start to be like, okay, now we're self-regulating. If we start to self-regulate, we start to understand and we take steps to taking responsibility of a life. And then three would be understanding that once you break down the cognitive distortions, those mental roadblocks, then you can freely understand one, who you are, two, how you function in the world and stop catastrophizing everything. So you can yep. be like, all right, it is okay for me to express, but it's about understanding where you can find in society. So you're not going to go up to strangers and start telling them how you got beat up in year five at school and now you feel like everyone hates you or whatever it may be. Yep. You're going to talk to people that you trust and love. So who's the people that you can find in and who's the people that you can rely on? And if you say, oh, well, Chris, well, how do you get that out of someone or like, you know, make them feel comfortable? And it's about understanding that I'm not going in there as someone who knows everything or is a guru or any of that rubbish because that doesn't resonate with me. I'm just a person and we're equally exchanging a conversation and I'm not judging you. Yep. So holding that space for them to help them take responsibility. I'm not giving anyone the answers. I'm only showing support. Yeah. Well, the whole distortion thing, you said cognitive distortion. Yeah. which is way too complicated for an ex-football. So, yeah. <laughs> but I think I get it. Yeah. Effectively, the lies we tell ourselves or the stories we mm. tell ourselves. But the thing is, for so many people and men in particular, we've told ourselves these stories or had these stories told to us for so long that we don't see them as distortions or lies. We believe them inherently mm. as truth. 
that my voice isn't valuable or that I'm not strong enough or I'm not smart enough or whatever it might be. And so we need someone. And I think this is what you're saying. Your role is to then, I guess, help people identify maybe where their beliefs might be a little bit distorted and help them, I guess, by asking the right questions and helping them see that, wow, maybe this is a lie that I've been telling myself my whole life that's actually been inhibiting everything that I do. Because I and think we're all I, the victim of that, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. Like our biggest limitation is ourselves. We're the ones who create all the issues. You know, you see the meme of like Scooby-Doo and they take the mask off who the real evil villain is behind all the chaos. And it's actually yourself. You're the biggest challenge. You're the biggest uh, limitation. You're the biggest roadblock. Villain. We are the villain yeah. in our own lives, but we're also the hero uh, as well. A hundred percent. Which path you take is up to you though. Yeah, it is. Let's hold that thought. Hmm. I love it. That's a great way just for us to go into a little break now. And we're going to come back and chat a bit more about your path that's led you to this point. So we'll be back. How do you rate the most important things in your life? For many of us, long life and joy are high on the list. Important elements we can't buy, but the secret to attaining them is elusive and out of reach for many. Andrew Jobling has tackled these important questions in his book, The Wellness Puzzle, Living a Life of Joyful Longevity. Andrew solves the problem by teaching the seven pieces to optimal well-being. This is a must-read. Find out more about The Wellness Puzzle and Andrew's other books at andrewjobling.com.au. Chris, we were just saying in the break about the man thing and the vulnerable thing and how vulnerable should you be and how much should you keep to yourself. And I'll tell you what, vulnerability is something I always shied away from. I always thought that, as I said, I'm probably another generation from you, 60 next year, and I've always thought can't show weakness, can't show vulnerability because I'll be judged or whatever rubbish we tell ourselves. The thing that's changed my life the most is being vulnerable. Let me tell you that mm. in the most positive and amazing way. And again, not being a victim, taking full responsibility for the choices I've made and the consequences in my life, but just to be able to talk about the things that I struggle with, just to talk about the poor choices I've made. My gosh, that's a liberating thing to do. And when you can mm. do it and you can be honest, then I think that's the point where you can start to grow and become and develop into the person you created to be. And that's the authenticity at the end of the day. It's like being your true self and that's what everyone shies away from. Yeah. How do you get to be so wise at such a young age? You've obviously lived, <laughs> lived some stuff, haven't you? You've gone through some stuff in your life. Yeah, I've had some interesting experiences. I can definitely touch in on that just to kind of yeah, allow people to understand. Let's a find bit out a more bit about, about that. you, mate. Let's find out a bit more about Chris Walker, hey? So the biggest thing is that there's no story that is bigger or small than someone else's. Everyone experiences the same pain. Everyone experiences the same emotional reactions. There is no difference between that. I always like to clarify that because it's like, oh, he's experienced this. So I can't get something in life until I've experienced something that because yep. people and humans, they copycat. Yep. So it's, I'm always mindful to say those things. So, you know, my upbringing, I was born in Canberra, moved to Orange when I was quite young in New South Wales. Had no father. He left when I was born. My mother's got spina bifida. She's never been able to walk. I was on cherry yards, working pretty hard from the ages 10 to 11. Wow. So you were actually earning income for the house. Is that what you were doing at the age of 10 years old? Um, 
Yeah, to a point. I wouldn't say that I was adding to the income of the house. My mum sacrificed a lot for me and she worked her ass off and she provided for me. It was just that I took the initiative to start putting myself out there because I was inspired to, you know, take responsibility and, you know, start to show up more in life. And throughout that, that led me to the journey of, you know, getting my first job at Macca's and learning how to work and organization. If there's one thing I always say, it's McDonald's was one of the best places I've worked because it allowed me to learn systems, procedures, management, leadership, everything in between. So it, it was a great opportunity throughout my life. Just don't uh, eat the food. Yeah, just don't eat the food. Like I don't resonate with that anymore. <laughs> but I think there really is interesting business model, especially when you look yeah. further into the whole real estates where they make their money, not the burgers. The coolest thing, I guess, throughout the journey was Going from that, I um, got arrested at 17 for drink driving. My mom was in hospital for- Did you have a license at 17? No, nah, I was on my learners. Yeah, so my mum broke her hand. She was in hospital for a bit. I was staying with family, being a bit of a troubled youth. Found myself living in, I guess, like a youth centre for the ending of the period that she was in hospital for a few months there. Yep. And when you don't have- a role model around, then obviously you become your own role model and you make your own decisions. And or you find some role models that may not be the best choices. Yeah, 100%. I was hanging around some people. Everyone is a beautiful person, but the actions that they take may not be the best decisions may that you can so you know, follow along. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, I started hanging around some people that influenced me and I thought I was an adult at 17 and started doing silly things like drink driving didn't really have a care in the world. And that was kind of the start of the journey of my mental health. So anxiety, depression, fast forward, friends passing away from drug overdose, people I know committing suicide, me spiraling into alcoholism, drugs. And then that brought me to realizing that there's more in life. And fast forward a few years past that, I had a mini stroke from overworking, from severe burnout. And yeah, that kind of brings us here to today. Oh, mate, hang on, hang on. (laughs) You've hit fast forward there. Sorry to do this to you. (laughs) Because the deal, mate, is this, that no one's lived your life or your story. Mm. That's what you said. And I've had my challenges. We've all had our challenges in life. But what you're talking about is so relatable in so many ways. We all find ourselves struggling as kids in some area or where there's family instabilities or we fall into the wrong crowd or whatever, and we go down a path that we probably know we shouldn't be going down, but we keep going down and it leads us somewhere we go, oh, no, this is horrible, I need to change. So it's your story. And I think our stories don't define us, but they help us become who we are as we negotiate the challenges in our life. And you're obviously a living example of that. So when you were at that darkest place, tell us just a bit about where you were, and what was it that went through your head with that you said, no, this is not where I want to be. This is not a path I want to be on. And then what was the process you took to move yourself out of that? So definitely the hardest years, I guess you'd say, were from 17 till about 21. And that was when I was just going through severe anxiety, severe depression, you know, suicidal thoughts. What was causing that anxiety and depression? I believe it was a compound effect of experiences in my life that led up to that point of, you know, consistently having negative experiences that then compounded into something bigger. 
And I didn't have the skill set or the tool belt to manage those things. So everything built up like a snowball going down a hill to the point where I just didn't know how to function properly with all the chaos. And I didn't really have, I guess, someone who was guiding me at that point in my time. I had people around me, but felt they didn't understand me. I had friends, you know, they were great supports throughout it and they helped me a lot. But at the worst point, if you don't have a tool belt and you don't have education, you don't have the right tools, it's inevitable. You're going to get to a breaking point. You are. And unfortunately, so few people actually have those tools and the thing that needs to be taught in schools more Mm. than anything. Because how many people get to that low point and they have no idea what to do, they end their life or they go into an addiction that takes their life because they just don't have those tools. So I'm glad we're having this conversation, mate, because I know part of your journey and part of what we're going to talk about is some tools for people. So Mm. what was the moment for you when you said this has got to change? It was probably when, you know, I just got out of a relationship as most young guys do and you're like shit what do I do but it kind of got to that point there was so many distortions like I've said mental roadblocks that were stopping me from being the best version myself and it just got to a point where I was just drinking every night more than normal and I just kind of had a thought it's like well what if I could be more what if there was something else than this life that I'm living and that's the realization of people becoming worried with how I was acting, how yep. much I was drinking, how I was becoming a bit of a liability as a person where I was sporadic emotionally and people kind of had to be mindful of me and yeah. were always worried. So it just got to that point. It's like, well, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be babysitted. If I'm going to show up in this world, I've got a lot more years to come. So what can I do to change my own narrative and my own story and my own life. Yeah. And from that point, that was the turning for me, really. And what did you do then? There was so many steps to obviously this point, but the first step was really to find something I was passionate about. Prior to finding something I was passionate about, I started seeing a psychologist, which was a big impact on my life. I started training. That was a big thing. Started working on my mindset eating better. And the biggest thing, which is why Travel Fit was really built, was I started to seek new experiences. So I started to do things I've not done before. And that's where the real change happened, because that's when I started to realize that there's more to life than living in a country town where you feel stuck following the rigid routines that are there, hanging around the same people, doing the same shit. So from that point of seeing a psychologist to starting to better my mental and physical health, to then signing up to do a personal training course. That was the slingshot being pulled back before I started to fly forward. That's awesome. Good on you, mate. And then you said a couple of years down the track, you had a mini stroke from overwork. So you got to a burnout point. So how did you get to that point? So I recently had moved back to Australia from London and you know, at the time it was really hard to get work on the coast because it wasn't really in an economic boom as it is going through at the moment. There are so many jobs up here if you want to move to the coast, like everyone's looking for workers. I just decided to run a PT business again. I was doing it online just casually as I had a side job and 
before that, I obviously ran it in Australia before I went to London full time. What were you doing in London? I was doing many things. So I was working in five-star hotels, Michelin restaurants, doing awesome. stagehand crew, working So you just went, work. that was an adventure. Just thought, I want to travel, want to get out of Australia, want to see a bit of the world. That was the experience I needed to realize yeah. that there was so much yeah. else in the world. Yeah, bigger world out there. Yep. Yeah, but came back to Australia and decided to run a business and got in straight into it. And that looked like lining up with a partner that I moved to the Sunshine Coast for, which meant I had no car, no home, was homeless for about two weeks, stayed with a friend and then, yep, found a place. And my days looked like getting up at three in the morning to walk to work that took about an hour for my first client. That went through into a day full of lead gen, graphic design, social media, training clients, walking back home for an hour, getting back home, having dinner and getting to bed at about 10, 30, 11, and then repeating that cycle every day. That'll do it. And yet, obviously at the time, business wasn't booming. So I had a limited funds to actually yeah. afford to buy food and actually live a life and not be stressed. So that over time, I think it took about three to six months around that time frame, And then I was training client. I lost feeling in half my face. I continued to train a client because I thought it'd be fine. You'll be She'll right. She'll be right, mate. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then I trained that client for an hour, went to train another client, still had the sensations, lost feeling in half my body, collapsed. Ambulance came to the gym. I couldn't lift myself up, struggling to obviously function. And yeah, I was in an ambulance on the way to the hospital. And the first thing that came to my mind was, was it worth it? And am I going to die? And then that was probably one of the most impactful experiences in my life, thinking that I was actually going to die on the way to hospital, not realizing what was happening or what I'd done wrong, or even if I made the right decisions with, you know, the actions that I had taken up until that point. Yeah. Wow, mate. Powerful, powerful stuff. And again, we're going to hold this thought and have another break. And the question you asked was, was this worth it? We'll revisit that after this break. Thanks so much for listening into the podcast. My name is Chris Walker and I'm the founder and owner of TrailFit Global. I've been lucky enough to be invited on the podcast today to speak with Andrew and share my story. If you want to learn more about TrailFit Global, head to trailfitglobal.com, search TrailFit Global on Instagram, or you can even send me a direct message on my LinkedIn profile at chriswalkerau. We focus on health and wellbeing events and experiences that allow you to shift your mind and body to thrive in life once again. Thanks so much for listening in and enjoy. Again, we were just chatting during the break and I thought better start recording because we'll say something amazingly wise and wonderful and it won't be recorded. We were just talking about these defining moments and we certainly don't expect them. Well, no one plans a stroke. No one plans mm. divorce or alcoholism or whatever. We don't plan any of that stuff, but it just happens, doesn't it? It's just out of the blue. And I think the biggest tragedy is that it takes us getting to that point of trauma before we actually go, wow rather than seeing the signs on the way. Because the question you asked was, was this worth it? So I'm assuming you were talking about, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're talking about the full-on life you'd created for yourself, the 3 a.m. start, the 10, 11 p.m. finish, all the stuff you were trying to do. Is that what you were referring to when you said, is this worth it? Yeah, so it was definitely just the sacrifices that I was making. Was it worth 
saying no to things? Was it worth yeah. not being the best person I could be? Was it worth yep. my health? Was it worth relationships? And what was the answer to the question? You know what? It's a hard one because realistically, maybe it was. Maybe that was my path. And you and maybe you say, needed to get to yeah. that point before yeah. you could change direction again. Yeah, because I'm a big believer in we're always on the right path. It's just that we experience different things throughout it. And if that never happened, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Oh, so true, mate. So true. Like I, again, sorry to steal your thunder, but you know, $100,000 debt I was in in a failed business that was the trigger for me to become an author. And I know that I wouldn't have ever done that had I not been in $100,000 debt. So was $100,000 debt bad or was it good? Retrospectively for me, I'm grateful for it because I don't think mm. I'd be on this path that I'm on today like you without that. So it sounds like that stroke for you and that moment of clarity and the epiphany that you had was exactly what you needed to put you on this path that you're on now. Mm, absolutely. And yeah, I think you can just reframe you know, your experiences. I call it reflecting and respecting. That's when we start to let go and dissolve all the trauma or all the challenges that we have experienced and we start to free ourselves from the things that are actually damaging our mind and body today. Yeah. So let's go then into where you are today. So you've now had your stroke. How long was the recovery for that? Well, it was a mini stroke or recognized as a TIA, so a transic ischemic Arrhythmia, is that what it's called? Yeah, something like that. So TIA is much easier. Yeah, TIA sounds so much easier to say so it resolves in anywhere between 24 to 48 hours and then you're back to normal yeah so no long-term effects on no long-term effects oh, i was cool. really lucky just you got to, um, got to ride in an ambulance yeah cool. yeah essentially but the risk is that for the next three to five years you have to be mindful that you'll potentially have a proper stroke okay a more severe one so thankfully for me i decided to change my life after that and look after my health and i'm past that point of that danger zone per se but, you know, obviously there are still things that I do notice. Like I personally can feel less, not a huge amount, but little bits around like the left side of my face. Like it's not droopy or anything as such, but no. there are differences that I notice personally. Well, you'd notice it, but I'm looking yeah. at you now and I can't. So that's when you really decide to start focusing on you. And so what are some of the things you did to focus on your well-being? A lot of internal work for sure like obviously more self-awareness was the biggest thing so understanding how i'm showing up in the world and then defining those values and beliefs like how do i want to show up in the world what does that look like as a routine yep defining that routine all right i'm going to start doing more mindfulness more meditating i hated it but i did it and i showed up every day more journaling more reflecting yep. Yep. more gratitude and taking action to working smarter not harder and throughout that journey, obviously changing my eating and being more mindful about like how much I was cooking myself. So making sure that I was a nice room temperature instead of boiling in the sun. Okay. I like it. So earlier we talked about when you sort of spiraled, you said because you didn't have the tools or the strategies to deal with some of the trauma or that anxiety or depression you're experiencing. As we come towards wrapping up this conversation, what are some tools or strategies that you could suggest for people? Because we are human beings and we will experience stress and anger and anxiety. We will. That's part of being a human being. We're going to experience every emotion there is. And that's not bad. That just is what it is. 
So when people feel like they're spiraling because of it, what are some tips, tricks, tools that you could suggest? Well, there's one thing I want to say first. It's like the fight or flight nervous system is actually good for you. It's actually how we get work done. It's actually yep. an aid in our life yep. so that people don't bastardize the word, which happens a lot. The first thing is acceptance, accepting of like where you are right now, where you want to go and how you want to show up as a person. And then from there, defining what that looks like. Now you might be like, well, I can't change my state because I'm manic or I'm reacting and it's really hard for me. And it's like, well, you need to find a breathwork and meditation that you can use in those times. I'm going to do a cheeky plug here and say that I have them online. Good, do it. Yeah. <laughs> I have a three minute one and a nine minute one because the go. biggest issue that people would say to me is I don't have enough time. And I was like, that's rubbish because you can change your state in three minutes. You can shift your nervous system in three minutes. Take that step, accept where you are, take a three minutes to change your state. And then you're going to step out of that fight and flight into a more rational state. You're going to make better decisions once you're in a more rational state. And then you're going to start to design your life. Am I happy with where I am in life? No. Why? Where do I want to be here? Great. How am I going to do that? And start to be the own carer in your life. Pretend you're looking after yourself and start making the most rational decisions you can that's going to actually allow you to cultivate a life yeah. that you want to live and the person you want to be. And if you start making more proactive questions towards you being a better person or asking challenging questions that you're avoiding, you'll start to see solutions appear. And it doesn't matter what health and wellness tips or tools that I add. If you don't take responsibility, you're just going to stay in the same place. And you know, it's up to you. You're responsible. Yeah. But asking the right questions and tough ones is the key, isn't it? Because when we ask the question to ourselves, we will answer it. You ask the right and questions got... and the right answers will come. The solutions are there. As you said, we are our own worst enemy, but we're also our greatest ally because we hold the answers. And sure, we need help in the process, but we've got to make that decision that I'm going to reach out for help. That's me. Mm -hmm. I have to make the decision I need to ask for help. I've got to take responsibility yeah. for the fact that I don't know everything and can't do it on my own. So I need to own that and then go and ask for help and then be willing to accept that help. And we've got something called like, our RAS system, like our reticular activation system. So when we realize that we actually have a GPS in our brain that helps us find things, then we start to realize that nothing's out of reach. So a great example is you buy a yellow car, you start seeing those yellow cars everywhere because it's now in your conscious mind. And if you start thinking, a great example is someone's talking negative or they think the world's crashing and burning on them, they're going to start seeing more negative. And if you say, hey, where can I find a new job? you're going to start looking unconsciously yep. and your brain is solving things all the time. So true. The other thing, mate, when you were talking about if you're not happy where you're at, recognize it and then ask yourself, where do I want to be and what do I want to achieve? And then the thing, and you've touched on this as well, you, you talk all about values and beliefs, which really builds our identity. And I think there's a lot of people that see themselves, they want to lose weight or they want to stop smoking, but they still don't identify themselves as that person that would be doing that. People that say, I'm trying to give up smoking still identify themselves as a smoker. Yeah. And you've got to see yourself as a healthy, you've got to identify yourself, oh, I'm a healthy person in mm. the process of becoming healthier. And that's called behavioral and then, therapy. Exactly. What would a healthy person do in this situation where you're just about to reach for a cigarette 
you ask yourself, what would a healthy person do? And I like to bring it back to even to more character traits. Like I ask people, what are the things about yourself you really believe? Honest, kind, determined, persistent, courageous, resourceful. Because we all have these things about ourselves we believe, these values, all these character traits. And then what would be the top three? And then ask yourself, what would that person do in this situation? Mm. And I've got courageous, kind, and honest. What would a courageous, kind, honest person do in this situation? I don't want to have this conversation because it's scary. What would a kind, honest, courageous person do in this situation? Well, they'd pick up the phone and they have the conversation, but they do it in a compassionate way. They'd oh, show up. Okay, well, if that's me, I better do that. And so the mm. identity piece has got to be aligned to help move people to where they want to be. 100%. If you don't have a compass and you don't know which direction you're going, you don't know how to adjust the sails, you don't know anything, you're just going to you know, idle around in sea for the rest of your life. Chris? Tell us how people find you if they want to find out more. You mentioned you've got meditations on your website. On YouTube. On YouTube. Okay, so let's do your cheeky plug for how people reach you, how they find you, what your website, your YouTube channel, and any other platforms you want to talk about right now. Yeah, so if you want to find me professionally, I'm on LinkedIn as Chris Walker AU. I'm pretty sure it is. Website is trailfitglobal.com. On there, you'll see all everything we do, events, retreats, etc. And then if you want to actually just have some tools like the meditations, the breath work, just search Trail Fit Global on YouTube, we'll pop up and we've got some cool meditations there that you can use and implement into your life. That's awesome, mate. Thank you so much for sharing everything. It's been a great conversation and well done on what you're doing and good on you for what you've been through and overcome and now the life you're living and now that you're helping other people as a result of that. It's awesome, mate. Really good stuff. So thank you so much for the conversation. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a privilege. That was a fabulous conversation with Chris Walker and so many amazing lessons there that I'm not even going to try and summarize that I normally do at this part of the podcast. I'm just going to say, reach out to him on travelfitglobal.com. And I think the YouTube channel, Travel Fit Global, on YouTube would be well worth visiting to get some of those meditations and start implementing that kind of stuff into your life. Hope you got some real simple tips about dealing with stress, anxiety, overwhelm, overwork, and you can start applying them into your life so you can get some clarity about who you want to be, how you want to show up in the world, and the great things you would like to see manifest themselves in your life. Thank you for being with me this week. It's been wonderful as always. Hope you'll share this podcast. Hope you will join me again next week. I will be back. My name's Andrew Jobling. This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast. Bye.